strolling in the park, watching winter turn to spring. Walking after dark, watching lovers do their thing. to tell y'all a story I you know I transitioned quite early and prior to transition was a very tumultuous time in my life where my mom was like in like a peak of her addiction it was like 90 93 so I was like you know going on 12 or at 12 somewhere around there pre-transition and we lived in this building called the front neck and the front neck is full of bad memories (laughs) good good and bad it's just this is like I said this is a strange ass time in my life like this is the first peak This is when I first seen the ugliness of addiction. And it's like this hood project building is super tall with a bunch of apartments in it. And we stayed in that apartment, you know, with my grandmother. So we had my grandmother had her apartment and we had um, our apartment with my mom. And it was an... It was an efficiency apartment <laughs> with my mom and her three children. <laughs> my youngest brother was probably like going on three years old, Rakim. And my middle brother was mm, maybe like, ooh, like six. six or seven um and I was like 12 so this is also a time when like kids are fucking vicious (laughs) right so I I, I'm in full getting bully mode (laughs) as far as when it comes to school like this is when Academically, I started to fall down because of the bullying at school. I can't really say that I had my finger, you know, on exactly what transness was at this time. Really, I can't say I I didn't. (laughs) I didn't have my finger on it. I just knew there was some, you know, some feelings that I was having and blah, 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 blah. But I knew that. Whatever was in me, people could see it. Whatever this incongruency was in me, people could see it. People talked about it. It was used as a 
you know, a catalyst to harm me, to call me faggots, to call me, um, you know, just whatever. And I mean, this is this is full fledged bully mode. I mean, when motherfuckers would chase you home from school, I remember I was a part of this program called 4-H. I don't know if y'all do y'all remember 4-H? Yeah, 4-H <laughs> in y'all area. 4-H in our area, like it's it was a teacher, you know, and she was teaching us how to grow stuff. Like she was teaching us how to grow plants and geraniums and just you know, just real like out of milk carts. Like we put dirt in milk and then put the seeds in there and then we plant them and watch our geraniums grow. And, you know, um, and I remember she would bring like snacks and, (laughs) and she, the teacher would bring, um, you know, like she would cut up tomatoes and olives and, um, put um cream cheese on crackers and me being who I was at the time <laughs> this is my people never did this shit so I thought this was classy or something <laughs> I thought this was some classy ass shit cuz she's putting you know you know when you watch like commercials for like Ritz crackers you see them putting like special shit on crackers and you know, she was doing that type of shit. So I thought this was classy. She was Julia Childs to me. <laughs> so she had like white cream cheese. She put a slice of tomato on there and then some olives. And, you know, she would let us eat it while we were, um, you know, talking about growing these geraniums. <laughs> and so I remember I was finally, um, I had grown the, the geranium the geraniums had grown to like a real live pretty ass fuchsia plant and i was like oh my god i was so proud of it i was so proud that oh my god i accomplished growing a plant <laughs> and so yeah it was amazing so i was going home and i had my geraniums on a tray and i was walking home and these dudes from my school, bigger than me, literally walked past me and slammed their hand down on the tray and made my geraniums um, spill out on the ground while I was going home. So this is, you know, deep into the bullying and... You know, I was a fighter. I've always been a fighter. So that's not when. So if you've, but I was, if it's multiple, I, that'll put fear. Like if it's just one, I don't care if you're bigger than me. If you're just one, I'll fight one. Like I'll fight you like, you know, like no fear. Wham, 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 fight, 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 fight. But it's something about like when there's a group of people that puts fear in me, like, oh, I'm going to get jumped. And I don't know. But that's how I was when I was younger. And it would be. I would, that would instill fear in me, which would stop me from fighting. And so this was one of those times. It was multiple dudes, and, um, you know, they spilled my damn geraniums. And so I tried to pick them back up um, and pick them up off the ground. So I'm crying. Like, I can't, like, I'm just in this sad, sad moment, and I pick up the whatever you know, plants I could salvage and whatever, however I can fix them. And I, I walk up to the building. I finally get to the building of my, 
you know, the front neck, the building that we lived in. And I come upstairs and I go in my apartment. Nobody is in my my apartment. This is a time, like I said, it was at the peak of my mother's addiction. And this is just a time that she was just kind of running the street. Like, this is a moment where I really needed some consoling. And she wasn't there. She wasn't in the house. Um, I went over to my grandmother's apartment because we are they they had where our apartments was right together. So we lived in seven hundred six, and my grandmother lived in seven hundred seven. Same floor, right, apartments right next to each other, and both of them were efficiency apartments. Um, and so went into my apartment. My my mother wasn't there. Went into my grandmother's apartment. My grandmother is just a mean woman. So if you need any kind of consoling, you're not going to get it from my grandmother. (laughs) So in this moment, I really felt like emotionally abandoned because I literally had invested months in growing these geraniums and, and they just destroyed it. And I wanted somebody to console me. I wanted something. And so my mother wasn't there she wasn't in the apartment she was out running the streets and this just just was a normal like a normal time in this moment so go back to school there was this guy named Larry Boyd (laughs) and it's funny because Larry Boyd was one of my biggest bullies in school years later I saw him at the gay club during Pride with gay boys because he had come out the closet. Baby, I wanted to beat his ass in that motherfucking, um, <laughs> in that motherfucker. I literally was like two seconds from beating his ass in that line at the gay club because he was he used to torment me about, you know, being feminine and calling me faggots and blah, blah, blah. So for you to be in this line, proud and gay, you need your ass beat. <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted to beat his motherfucking ass. But right before I, w- I was telling my friend about it, right before I was like, like, you know how you your anger is swelling up and you want to go fight? <laughs> right before I did, before I got to the point where I wanted to fight, literally, he came up to me and was like, oh, my God, I am so sorry. Da, 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 apologizing for bullying me. And so, even though I wanted to beat that ass, <laughs> it made me feel like, oh, okay, I guess I could accept it. <laughs> accept it. But anyway, um, I went back to school, back to sixth grade. That was when we were older and grown. But yeah, stop being, stop being internally homophobic and transphobic or whatever. <laughs> um, so yeah, I went back to school. And... It was the end of my sixth grade year. And at the time, I had, at the time, how the school system works, elementary was kindergarten through um, kindergarten, I'm sorry, um, through sixth grade. And then middle school was seven to eight. And then high school was 9 to 12. The year 
after this, the year after sixth grade, for me, when I went to seventh grade, is when they switched sixth grade to middle school. So when I got to seventh grade, sixth graders was in middle school with me, so six to eight. But we were like the last graduating class where sixth grade was elementary in Indianapolis. So we were graduating. We were graduating we were sixth graders and we was graduating to go to middle school. And so I was so excited. And my teacher, her name is Jill Riskin. My teacher, she was like, so the superintendent is going to be here. His name was Eugene White. He's going to be here. And I want you to give the introductory speech to the superintendent during the graduation. So this was the first time that um, in a long time that somebody has had given me the, uh, you know, some type of prestigious thing in school. So I had uh, in my younger years, I had always made amazing grades and, you know, I always, you know, made the dean's list and honor roll and I was always doing these kind of things when I was younger. But once the black bullying started, I kind of turned into like a recluse <laughs> and kind of stopped doing. I stopped trying to do things to please teachers. Like I, I used to enjoy the attention of being a good student. But by the time sixth grade came, I wasn't worried about that shit. I was trying to just deal with what life was serving me <laughs> deal with what life was serving me and just trying to um I just kind of was floating y'all I just kind of was floating through school and so I guess the teacher my teacher saw something in me and she was like I really think that you can do this I think you are better than um you are putting out and you know I know you can do it you've been once you apply yourself, you always make good grades. And so I want you to do this speech and I want you to, you know, I think you're a good speaker and I want you to do the speech during the graduation. And so I was so excited because this is the first time in a while that somebody has said, Ooh, you're, you know, you're worth it. You are, <laughs> you know, you, you have something special in you. You're special. You're special. You're special. You know how that, that feeling is when you're young. It's something about that feeling when you're young of somebody saying you're special that is so potent. I think that potency leaves <laughs> when you become an adult. But as a child, it was quite potent. And so I was so excited. I was so excited to do the speech. I was so excited to you know, be in front of everybody. Of course, you know, that's a sense of nerve. Like, oh my God, I'm gonna be in front of all these people. But before I realized that, I was just in the joy of somebody thinking that I was good enough to do this. And so she said I had to write it and um, and then she'll, after school, I'll come to her and practice saying it so I can, you know, recite it by memory or whatever. So I went home. She had a letter um to show my, my mom or whatever about, you know, not asking for permission, but, um, you know, just talking about the assignment or whatever. So I went home and I went home from school, finally went home from school and went back to the apartment and back to the front neck. 
And I go in and my mother's home. So mind you, she hasn't been home in like maybe like a week or two or, you know, or whatever. And I'm like, hey, look, I have this assignment that's amazing. That is, um, no, I get to um, introduce the superintendent during our graduation. And I showed my mom and my mom was like, oh, that's sweet. She was like, like it was like it's like I had just showed her some scribble scrabble coloring <laughs> from a, a five year old or whatever, and like it was she was so dry and I was like, what? Like this is big. <laughs> it's gonna be the superintendent. It's gonna be in front of everybody. It's gonna be a superintendent. She was like, oh yeah, you gonna do good on that. And I was like, yeah, I know, but isn't this amazing? And she almost, like, kind of just didn't, um, like, kind of brushed over it. And she was like, when is the graduation? And I was like, oh, the graduation is, I don't know, let's say May 12th or something. Let's just say that. Um, it was May 12th. And she was like, oh, okay, cool. Um, we'll have your grandmother help you with that. I can tell that she was high. And it was just, it was disappointing. It was, in the moment, it was disappointing. It was, oh, you're high again. And just like when my geraniums were destroyed, you were emotionally not there. You weren't physically not there just right now. Back then, you in that moment, you were not only not physically there, you weren't emotionally there. In this moment, you're physically here, but you're also not emotionally here. You're not here. And, um, yeah. So she's cleaning. And so my mother, my mother has two different types of highs. She has an alcoholic high where she gets, like, aggressive and cussing motherfuckers out and da 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 but when she's like um like crack high for some reason um she turns sweet like she turns um it's kind of spacey but it's also sweet like if you're talking to her she'd be like do you need anything like really demure and sweet but you can tell she's not there it's not like she's like oh not affectionate sweet but just kind of like dry, sweet, like spacey a little bit. And so in this moment, um, even though I'm excited about this speech that I got a thing, she's giving, and at this time, I'm young. This is the this is the first time that she's kind of in this peak of thing. I didn't real I I didn't come to I, I didn't know the nuances of her highness at this point in my young age. Now that I'm older, I can tell. Like, oh, you've been getting high up girl <laughs> but um at this at this time um you know I hadn't got the nuances so I'm so excited about this um speech that I have to do that I'm not paying attention that my mother is high out of her fucking mind and so she's trying to talk to me and like she's talking to me but she's actually doing stuff and she's not really here like, she just literally is not here. Like, she's wiping off the counters 
And basically, she, you know, now that I'm looking back, I'm like, she's really trying to be like, bitch, you fucking up my high <laughs> with this talking about this speech shit. <laughs> but because she's in her sweet crack high, she's kind of like just being dry and, um, oh, yeah, that's so sweet. Uh-huh, that's good. Oh, you're going to do amazing. Like, it's very, it's the nice words, but it's empty. So I went over to talk to my grandmother, see if my grandmother was, you know, any more excited. So I tell my grandmother. Now, my grandmother was a little bit more excited. Um, now, I knew that, you know, she, my grandmother is, was a little bit more studious was one of the more studious ones in my family. So she, when it comes to school stuff, she was kind of a little, she'll show you a little bit more excitement around, you know, your school shit. So she was excited, but because my mother was high and my grandmother knew it, she she's going off on my mother. She's not even worrying about, <laughs> she's not even worrying about, um, you know, she's not even worried about what I'm telling her. She, my mother has been gone on a fucking drug binge and she's back here high. And now this is my time for my mean grandmother to tell her about herself. You running the goddamn street and your kids is, you know, they don't have nobody here with them at night. And I'm not no motherfucking babysitter. And da 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 da. So she is using this moment as that. And so. As a, you know, 11, 12-year-old kid coming home with this wonderful project and news that I felt so good about, nobody at home is worried about, <laughs> is worried about what I'm doing. And so, yeah, so I have to do this assignment and I just throw myself into making it the best speech that I can make it, all right? So I'm right. So I sit back. Um, so it took me, um, so it's like a month. It's a month before graduation. And so in that month, I really just craft this amazing, um, this amazing, you know, 12-year-old speech. <laughs> um, he, my teacher, I, I, my teacher allowed me to stay after school so I can practice learning it by heart and saying it and saying, hitting the right um, tone and the right inflections in my in my speech, you know, get my oratorial skills <laughs> um, on. And I, I was so excited. And I, I, I learned it by heart and I was able to deliver it without even thinking about it and really just... You know, I was just killing it, and I loved it. But I knew that, you know, I'm just going to have to get the joy, the whatever energy that I'm getting from my teacher, because my teacher is, is you know, really excited about it, really, really excited about it. So I know, even though I would love my family to be <laughs> excited about it, I guess I'm going to have to, you know, vicariously live through my teacher or whatever. <laughs> my teacher excitement and supplement that with my teacher's excitement. Yeah. So finally graduation comes. I didn't have any graduation clothes. So, you know, graduation, you gotta, um, 
you know, you you're supposed to dress up and you're supposed to have a like a suit. <coughs> but we were poor and, you know, my school shit was not a priority or anything like that. So I'm like, oh fuck. <laughs> Uh, so my teacher says, oh, do you have a suit or whatever? And I was like, yes, I do. But I really did it. <laughs> I didn't know how I was going to um, how I was going to get it. And so um, I actually went to Burlington Coat Factory and stole a suit for myself <laughs> so that I could go to the um, so I could have a suit for my graduation speech. And so it was time. It was time for the graduation. The day of the graduation, um, I wake up. I, the alarm went off and I wake up and we. I go to school and I have my suit with me and I go to, and I go to, you know, I go to school, I walk to school and, you know, I have it in this little, you know, the little bags that you carry the stuff in. Um, it's on a hanger and I'm, I'm like, OK, so I have my regular clothes on and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so excited. I'm nervous. I'm like, oh, my God, this is a day. This is a day I've been waiting on. I hope now it's hitting me that I'm going to be in front of a million people. I'm going to be in front of a million people. And now the the stage fright starts to kick in. <laughs> so we go through the whole day. And I think it was the whole morning. Um, and I think the ceremony is like at 12. The graduation ceremony is like 12. So another element is although I wanted, um, I wanted my family there. There also was an embarrassment that came when my family would come to the school um, because they would come to the school. Like if, say, if I had got in trouble in school, um, I actually would avoid getting in trouble so they wouldn't come to the school because they were bummy. <laughs> because my mother was an addict she looked like an addict at the time and she hadn't learned how to um how to do you know how to fake it or whatever and so for me it was she was bummy and I didn't want her to come to the school because it was kind of embarrassing so that was a another element of the whole graduation thing is that I was scared that my mother I wanted my mother to come but I was scared that she would come and not be appropriate. Like she would just come like her regular, regular self. And at the for a 12-year-old, now, as an adult, I wouldn't give a fuck. I want my mother to come regardless. But as a 12-year-old, you know, with an immature mind, I, I cared about that. I cared about, you know, how she showed up. Because, you know, I'm already getting bullied and you coming. They and you know, I, I remember around the time like niggas in the neighborhood would say little smart ass shit like they would say because you know people knew who the fiends was um in the um we called them everybody at the time everybody called them cluckers <laughs> um everybody who knew who knew who the fiends was and so you know they would say shit like um like niggas would say garbage ass shit like you know 
I could get your mama to suck my dick for some rocks. And, you know, it, it just was a sense of, it just was a sense of embarrassment. It was just a, a source of fucking shame and embarrassment. So there was a level of me that wanted my mother to come, absolutely. But there also was a level of me that wanted my mother to come in a certain way. And I knew she wouldn't. I knew I wanted her to come in a in a level now, what I would call it as an adult, with a level of respectability <laughs> that um, you know, that I needed that I needed for her to have to not embarrass me. And so, you know, the I it, the idea of her not coming was was also a relief as well, or whatever. So it's time for me to say the speech. It's almost 12 o'clock. I'm sitting in the hallway. I'm about to walk. The auditorium is filled with people, with um, parents that are the the um, the dean, the superintendent, I mean, the superintendent. Um, he's up in the classroom, and he shakes my hand, and, and my, my teacher introduced me and says, this is the person that is... I'm going to introduce you, going to do the introduction, and blah, 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 blah. And he was so um, nice, um, nice in regards to, like, engaging with me and, and comforting me in, again, uh, through the stage fright or whatever. And so around 12 o'clock, it's time to get the, get, get the program started. So I'm sitting in this row of seats, like on the auditorium, um, um, on the stage. And, um, my teacher is like, all right, now let's introduce, we have a student coming up to introduce. So I come up, I'm kind of, I'm like super nervous. Like my knees are like not buckling, but you know, kind of, I don't know if y'all, when I get nervous, I, my, my kneecaps shake. <laughs> like if I'm standing up, my kneecaps will like wiggle and shake. And so, um, and so I'm standing, I, I walk up to the podium and I'm standing there. And as I, I look at the crowd, so it's not like a, um, the whole, it's like the gym. So it's not really the auditorium, it's the gym. And so it's nothing but gym lights on and it's, it's, um, I can see everybody. It's not like if you was on like a stage and the light is shining in your face and you can't see everybody. I can see everybody. And I look up, and in the back of the room, I see my mother. And she is dressed up in this black sheath dress. And it has pretty gold buttons going it was like double-breasted sheath dress and it had pretty gold buttons going down it and she was dressed up and had makeup on and she was looking so good (laughs) and I gagged she was in the back she was in the back and she was walking in so I didn't see her at all until, because I think she came as soon as I like got up to the podium. I seen her walk into the auditorium. And she looked so good. I hadn't seen my mother dress up in a long time. And 
was so excited. <laughs> I was so excited that she was there. I was so excited that she, you know, had dressed up. And so I started my speech and I did so good. And I, I said every word right. I didn't mess up. I was projecting and I was, you know, I just introduced him and he came up to the podium and was like, oh, my God. Oh, this this boy is going somewhere. <laughs> uh, this boy is going somewhere. And, you know, that was an amazing speech. You got to follow me um, wherever I go. I need you to introduce me everywhere. <laughs> and so he was able to give his little keynote. And so I went off the stage and I was able to go. You know, once the program was over, I was able to go out in the hallway and my mother was standing in the hallway and she was um, talking to my teacher, Miss Riskin. And my mother looked so good. I was so proud of her. I grabbed her arm and I was introducing her to the principal. And <laughs> shit that I never had done before. But I was introducing her to the principal saying, this is my mother. And... She was so proud. Like she, she was, she was like, I know you didn't. Now, mind you, she's not high. She's her regular, normal self. And she was like, I know you didn't think. that I was going to miss my baby's graduation. You thought I was going to come up here looking raggedy, didn't you? <laughs> and she just was like, I know that I'm not doing the best that I can right now. But I'm trying. But I'm trying and I know I, I fail sometimes and I may embarrass you. But I'm your mother and you're my baby and I love you. And in that moment I, I was... <laughs> I was wiping her tears because I didn't want her to be embarrassed and I didn't want her to be I didn't want her to feel ashamed I was just happy that she was there. Once all the ceremony was done, we went back to the building, our apartment, the front neck, and all the hood niggas and other, I guess, dope fiends <laughs> saw my mother dressed up and was like, oh, you cleaned up nicely. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, all right, Miss Dee Dee. <laughs> and, you know, I think that attention made her feel good because she stayed home for the whole week and that, that was kind of abnormal. She stayed home for the whole week and, you know, she wasn't high for a whole week. And, um, yeah, her and my grandmother wasn't arguing. (laughs) So, in that moment, it was a beautiful moment. And so, you know, it was a wonderful memory of my mother because even though she was walking around she was there and physically she was she was a ghost she it just it felt like she was a ghost of who my mother was prior to addiction and this was a moment that let me know that who she was still somewhere <laughs> She was still somewhere in there that whatever I had lost in my mother, she was still somewhere within that ghost, that zombie walking around. She was still somewhere in there trying to come out. And then now, today, I found out that she passed away. Due to a um, drug overdose. After struggling with addiction for shit since 90, like 91. So this is 30 years. And so now it's like, you know, I know the suffering is over. But just like in that moment at my graduation, I like to think that even within her addiction, that my mother was still in there. The mother that she wanted to be. the mother that she always dreamed that she that she was and wanted to be was still in there trying to trying to survive and and it it didn't it didn't make it out all the time but it, it was some moments that she was able to shine that she was able to shine through and show up and show out. And I have a, a lot of moments. And memories of that good mother shining through. Man. I'm going to miss my mommy.
I want to thank y'all for letting me vent and listen. Listening. I don't know if this is triggering to some people, but I just needed to get it out and share it because I know it might help somebody else to be to be tender to to be tender to the people in your life that may be going through this type of situation. It's not easy. And this doesn't mean don't hold them accountable, but be tender. Be tender to people. Me and my mother was in a good place. The last words that I said to my mom, her birthday was December the 4th. And so, you know, I was calling her for her birthday. And, you know, and the last words I said to my mom was, I love you. And I'm so happy. I'm so happy that that, you know, that was the last words. Because I do. I love my mom. Even through the, um, even through the bad. (laughs) And definitely through the good. So, yeah. Love on your people. And thank y'all for listening. Bye-bye. Ooh.